And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 78 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me today is Paul Sebastian. Paul, um, RIP New Jack, brother. Yeah, let's start right there. RIP to an incredibly real one. And when I say real one, I mean he would literally cut your eyeballs out. Rest in peace, New Jack. One of the realest dudes out there. Um, Jerome Young. Jerome Young. I think deathmatch wrestling and uh, his style of wrestling has been a lot on the mind. Um, something we'll probably talk about a little bit was Nick Gage's Dark Side of the Ring special. Definitely a man inspired by New Jack. New Jack himself recently uh, was featured on Dark Side of the Ring, and it's, I guess, cool to see him get another moment and uh, a little more time in the spotlight before his uh, un- untimely passing, man. 58's young. You know, it, it, 58 really is young, and, and put it this into perspective the current pro wrestling noah ghc heavyweight champion is 58 yeah i mean yuji nagata 53 uh yeah. minoru suzuki also 53 yep. i think christopher daniels is what 51 52 we see a lot of guys that are not far off in age from new jack still working week in and week out yeah um yeah really no new jack a guy wrestling fans probably considered an immortal in the business like a true guy who's going to be there forever uh, just shows you that none of us are. So, yeah. you know, appreciate, cherish, hug your loved ones, and uh, appreciate yeah. the people who entertain you. Now, now there's going to be a lot of thoughts being had about New Jack coming the next few days, I'm, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. But, and, and let's face it, I mean, he was not without his faults, to say the very least. New Jack was a violent man, like a truly violent person. And there's, you know, some things to be said that, you know, violent people aren't always necessarily good people. I didn't know New Jack, but I do know that, Outside of, you know, his transgressions, you know, in the ring and, and around it, uh, he was considered a nice guy by those close to him. He just got real excited about committing violence for entertainment purposes. And Yeah, probably it took it a little too far. <laughs> took it a little too far. Absolutely. But it's something that I think a lot of people can learn from um, and, and understand, you know, who New Jack was, where he came from and just what kind of person he was. Uh, did he entertain people? Fuck yeah, he did. I So... Let, let, let's transition this though, because you, you you're mentioning Nick Gage, and I'm of course looking at this picture of you with a with a bloody Nick Gage, uh, probably taken at like I don't know Logan Square or something. No, that one was uh, that was after the Nick Gage Effie match at Two Cups Stuffed. Oh, so that was here, right here in Hoffman Estates then. Right uh, in, Ho- in lovely Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Yeah, that was a little after two in the morning. Some footage from that match was used, uh, especially at the beginning of that Nick Gage documentary from that Two Cup Stuff match. That Effie Nick Gage match was absolutely bananas. Like, truly, I, if you, if I you have, uh, I did not, I, I did not stay for that match because oh, I, man. I can't. Oh, man. Well, I can't handle Ooh. that. Well, at the time, I couldn't. 
I, I, I am noticing I'm getting a little desensitized to death matches again, and that, 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 that's a little concerning. <laughs> does that me. concern you? <laughs> it, it does really concern me, actually. <laughs> I mean, look, there's a, you know, I am a, a defender and proponent of deathmatch wrestling. I'm very pro deathmatch wrestling. I understand uh, the violence of it and the, you know, visceral nature of it is too much for some people to handle. And I totally get that. And it's a very valid way to feel. But I do think that regardless of that, it's a valid art form. And well, it is an art. It's a different kind of wrestling, and it's made specifically to to uh, uh, draw different kinds of emotions than different other styles of wrestling. Be it you know more technical wrestling, may it, be it even like what you know uh, uh, mainstream hardcore wrestling looks like. It's a whole different ballgame, and, and it it evokes different emotions in you and kind of taps into something uh, a lot more primal, I think, in a person. That's probably what the allure of it is. Well, you know, I. Back in, you know, I, I used to, in my younger years, I, I was a fan of, of, of death matches. And, you know, I, I still rate, uh, you know, ECW was my favorite promotion, uh, American promotion of, of the 90s. And, um, you know, the and, you know, I, I still hold in high regard the uh, the series of death matches between uh, Tomaki Hanma and Ryuji Yamakawa in Big Japan in the late 90s, early t- in, in, in uh, 2000. Yeah, and but, then the uh, late nineties were in Japan were a big, you know, uh, inspiration for current deathmatch guys. Nick Gage explicitly talks about seeing Terry Funk and Cactus Jack in ninety five, and that being like, well, yeah, Kawasaki oh, Dream, yeah, Kawasaki Dream is like it is seminal. I mean, you, it, it's almost to the point you you can't really you really can't objectively review Kawasaki Dream anymore because it's so. There's so much myth and and legend around it. You yeah, know? I think it's kind of like uh, like the ninety four Super J Cup in that way. Oh. yeah. You know what? I'll agree with that. I will. Uh, I will agree with that. But anyway, so the Nick Gage thing on on Vice, I have not oh, watched dude, that. You gotta watch. It. Gotta I, watch. I, I'm it. planning I to. I consider it must see material for any wrestling fan. And obviously, I'm very biased. I'm a big fan of Nick. I love his work. I've seen him wrestle in multiple states. I've met him a few times. Uh, I think he's an absolutely just uh, fantastic guy. Um, I, I think his story is one of the most interesting you'll ever hear. Um, inspirational, I think important for anybody who's been down in any way, like a, a truly redemptive, you know, a guy who who was up against it for a long time and, and made his way back uh, to the open arms of a welcoming fan base. And I think it's a truly heartwarming kind of story of all the best parts of what independent wrestling can be. Um, even at its lowest points. So I think that's something anyone, and if you haven't seen it, uh, seek it out. It's on YouTube in a lot of places. If you have Vice, you can check it out that way. But definitely watch Nick Gage's Dark Side of the Ring. Support Nick. Watch Nick wrestle, man. He's a legend. Um, I, you know, I, I got to say that, um, you know, I was never really into CZW. Um, so I, 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 I was never really a fan of Nick Gage until after he, he, he came back. Yeah, I wasn't introduced sin. to I, I was, until 2018, actually. Yeah, I, I was, you know, of all the CCW folks, I, the, the people I did like were actually his brother. Um, Justice Payne. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Justice Payne as well. They And they get into uh, to Chris's story quite a bit uh, yeah. on this document. And I, I was also always a fan of Trent Acid. I thought he was, mm. I thought he was great, too. Absolutely. And, but, you know, yeah. we wouldn't, uh, uh, we've talked about the Backseat Boys uh, on this podcast with Sonny and Joey using some of their spots. Oh yeah, we did, and didn't we? Yes, we That's have. True. Wait, we—I don't think we talked about them on this pod. We, but we did talk about them in in our group chat. 
Oh yeah, definitely. But I yeah, think we brought so. up when when Sonny and Joey did the, the backseat boys spot, um, and also our our good buddy Pork Sweats who runs the Giffapalooza account. If you don't follow Giffapalooza on Twitter, are you even a wrestling fan? Follow Giffapalooza, but uh, they just posted a uh, great GIF of the Motor City Machine Guns using that spot as well. Right. So, but anyway, uh, the, the the point I was trying to get to is that you know what I, I I always did appreciate that Nick Gage didn't try to couch what he did in, in bullshit, you know, he, no, he no, was very, he was very honest and self-aware. He was always, we're going to talk about self-aware wrestling on this, on this episode when we get into dynamite, but Nick Gage is a very self-aware guy, a guy who understands his character and like how to kind of weave that real and kayfabe kind of in and out perfectly. He's a really gifted entertainer and a guy who absolutely gets it. Um, you know, when he's working, he's one of the best workers, man. He, he is, and you know what? He he's got you know for 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 his faults in life, he he does have his head on relatively. Oh yeah, and he's got an incredible passion for his fans. He's like, and and you know, fans that have met him will probably know he like remembers his fans' faces. He'll like approach you before you approach him and like say hello to you. Uh, he's just a guy. Who, he like truly does love wrestling so much. It's uh you know it's great to have guys on top like that. And I wish nothing but the best and even more success for Nick. Seems like his profile was genuinely raised by this episode. And uh, you know, if we see him on Wednesday night, sometimes don't be too surprised. Well, you it know, would not shock me that if AEW gave him somewhere, even if it was just on dark or something it would not shock me if nick showed up on AEW at some point i mean the, 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 there is a uh, there, there was a teased uh, in a stare down uh during mania weekend between yeah i mean he's uh, between yeah well nick we're, we're definitely gonna john see moxley that. so we'll see nick and mox at some point you know outside of AEW. but if that spills over onto an AEW segment wouldn't shock me at all uh while we're here um speaking of dark side of the ring uh next week's episode uh concerns a certain uh co-promoted new japan wcw show and yes. uh there is a podcast project in the works for that covering that one in great detail so stay tuned for more details on that Ooh, uh, that's coming up and also speaking of teases uh special announcement at the end of this program so stay tuned for that one uh did you see dark elevation or dark this week yeah, um, this was interesting, Jeff. So um, I was watching, and uh, I love to love them. I love to kick them. I love to <laughs> shove them. I love to stick them. I love to flaunt them. I love to watch them. God damn it, Jeff, that's Ass Man again. Those yeah, are the lyrics yeah, so you've to already, Ass Man. You've already done this bit. So. Damn it, again? I guess I just really am an Ass Man. Jeff, no, I didn't watch Dark uh, Elevation or Dark this week. Okay, well... Did you ever get to see that uh, that tag match from NJPW Strong? I didn't. I missed that one too. I have not been you brushing up go, my wrestling outside of watching Dynamite proper this week. Honestly. You need to, you need to go back and watch that match. Uh, but, I will have. I will get. To, I still have my NJPW subscription still active. I can jump on there and they, yes, you watch can. anything. You you can catch up in time for Impact's pay per view tonight too because there's some, oh, yeah. some some matches on that. I will definitely be watching that, Jeff. Totally, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Nope, actually, no. I will yeah. I will be in lovely Atlanta tonight for uh, an Atlanta United match. My first time at the Mercedes Benz Center, the, wow. the Falcons' new day. Uh, so I'm excited to check that out. Kind of a, a way to ease myself back into live sports with what I know won't be a sold out crowd. Yeah, right. All right. Well, with that, we go live. The Daily's place in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, wait, 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 wait. hold on. Record, oh, my... The record scratch. We got to talk about AEW going back out on the road. 
oh yeah, they're going back out on the road. I don't know if there's much else to say. We I think we've given our opinions and how we feel about that. Like uh, I not. God. Uh, uh, well, you so, know what? I, I'm going to give him again. Uh, yeah, this is a bad move. I don't think it's a great idea. They're obviously staying in states that have, you know, the least restrictions on this stuff, Texas and Florida. Uh, they announced New Orleans for early next year, so they'll be in New Orleans in January. I was just in New Orleans, and I can tell you they don't give a shit, so that'll be fine. They'll be fine by them. Uh, um, yeah, man, this is, the, this is it. This is what's happening now. So just th- there it is. Whether you choose to participate or not is really all you can do now at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just want to be on the record and saying I think this is a fabulously bad idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's great. And you know, even if it's not leading to like massive COVID spikes or anything, I still think we should find a way to ease the populace back in, just for uh, psychologically, really. Because I think you know, thrusting this kind of stuff back on people after this time is psychologically not easy for a lot of people. And you know, you can say a lot about "ooh, we'll toughen up" or whatever, but like this is going to cause people a lot of long-term ramifications, and we have to you know confront that uh, mentally, and we have to keep people you know uh, uh, happy in that regard too, not just with uh, not getting sick. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the those shows happening in July. But they're 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 beating WWE to it. I'm sure they're happy about it. Yeah, great. Yay. Yeah, ho- ho- hope it all works out. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so with that, we go live to Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 78 of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. Uh, we start with a pre-title sequence. They really gave this a big match feel with a split screen of uh, Moxley and Kingston and Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita. Very cool, um, big fight feel there. Really enjoy that. Yeah, it gives me that gives me that kind of classic like uh, it's a big night in boxing kind of thing, uh, or, or, or an old Raw even, you know, an old Raw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so we go right into our first match of the evening. Uh, John Moxley defending the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title against Yuji Nagata, as mentioned. Second, uh, Mox seconded by Eddie Kingston. Eugene Nagata seconded by Ren Narita. Um, the biggest shocker of the entrances was not the fact that Moxie was running through the crowd as he usually does, but he came out to Wild Thing by the Trogs, which you will have noted is the theme song for this episode. We just had to at that point. Yeah, this was different. It was jarring, Jeff. It really was. like It was almost disorienting in a way because like it was such uh, an... Uh, surprising choice that it almost felt like it was one of those things where they didn't have the licensing to the real music and it was being dubbed over. You know what I mean? But <laughs> like, it but, just felt like it. it was great. It was really cool. It was super fun and I really enjoyed it, but it took, I couldn't adjust to it. Almost. Yeah. yeah it, it, even Jr. was like, is that the Trogs? <laughs> yes, Jr. <laughs> it's the Trogs. Yes, Jim. It is definitely the Trogs. I still, was really hoping for that for the Death Rider entrance, but this was really cool. Uh, still not. You know what? It, again, this is still not the song I associate with Moxley. No, no, no. I mean, it, it, to me, it's still Aneurysm by Nirvana. I know it's Aneurysm. For me, it's the I like the NJPW Death Rider song. I want to oh, hear that guitar riff. That. Looks like guys like scratching the knife into a table. <laughs> well, it, 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 if you watch that tag match on Strong, you will get that. So, yeah. but yeah, no, 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 no. I I do love the Death Rider music, and, but um, I I do like the Death Rider music. But yeah, to me, aneurysm is is, is what I associate with Mox. But um, anyway, so just to further get this a big match feel, they they cut to the crowd and one Rocky Romero 
is in the crowd for this Rocky's match. Rocky's chilling. Yeah, they got some. They're they got some faces in the crowd on this one. Uh, what did you think of this? I kind of figured it wasn't going to get long, so I was interested to see how it was going to be presented or what they were going to do, uh, and, and what type of match they would opt to go for here. And they went for just like nine minutes of nonstop fucking action. The pacing in this match was incredible. It yeah. was just a sprint from start to finish, um, which great because they got a lot of shit in and it was an active match with a lot of pace. And, you know, uh, the story of it was Mox just using some of his youth and energy to outlast Yuji, uh, wear him out and get the pin. Uh, the other side of that coin is you don't really necessarily get a lot of the big stuff a chance to breathe as much as you'd want to on a big match like this. But I thought they maximized the time they got. Uh, and it was fun for what it was. I think it was a great opener. Dynamite loves that, loves a good opening match, and this was no different. Uh, I did notice that the, the, the camera work, uh, they nearly miss a, a signature spot in that. They nearly missed, you know, the, the Yuji Nagata eye roll when he's doing that Nearly. R-R. They, they, they caught it. it just in time. They did just catch it. Yeah, no, it was a it was a very fun uh, utilization of the time. Again, they didn't have very long, and uh, you know, knowing what we're gonna know later in the match, if they would have stretched it a few minutes, I guess it would have been fine. But uh, yeah, fun, fun stuff. I mean, I mean, and, and really, this match it, it it stands out. I mean, this match ruled. I thought this was the best match of the night. I I, I, I am also a little biased, but you know. Because uh, this was definitely a New Japan match. This was not a Dynamite yes. match. This was a New Japan match. Yeah, it was wrestled like a New Japan match. And we talked about that, like, w- is it going to be a New Japan match? And it was. Uh, um, which, well. Yeah, and, and, I mean, they even say it was wrestled under New Japan rules, which means, they, you know, if they ever did the... Tw- they didn't... I don't think they really had to do the 20 count, even. No, they didn't really get outside the ring much. I was actually hoping and almost expecting them to do it just to, like, show the fans, hey, this is how it's different. Right, but uh, but also, you know, there was no there was no bullshit involved. Like, you know, Ren Narita, neither Ren Narita nor Eddie Kingston got involved in the mm-hmm. match. Really, good uh, clean fight. It was a good clean fight. Uh, Mox bled a little bit, a little right. bit. Yeah, he got a little mouse under his eye there, a little hard way. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought that this match, this match ruled, and they didn't even do any bullshit post match, you know, with uh, you know, with the super leader or anything, because they had uh, Nagata and Moxley show respect. Yeah, I end. think that's the. I mean, you know, you you got you brought Nagata out. It's time, you know, you got to give him a moment. You can't overshadow him with some storyline bullshit. Let the man, you know, get his uh, get his bow from the crowd, yeah. get his uh, deference from from Moxley. It was really nice to see. Now, nice, oh, nice open for a show that definitely had some peaks and valleys, but it was a good start. Now, I'm also going to say that this is a title match that absolutely rocked for New Japan and was not a 40-plus minute epic because because this, in contrast to the two matches last week at Wrestling Dontaku, Jay White and Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi. Does Jay White wrestle for less than 40 minutes ever? Is there such thing as a sub forty minute Jay White match? Yes, I'm starting there, to have my doubts. Yes, there is actually. I mean, at least he used to. <laughs> yeah, used to. I think that's at maybe in the used past. To. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, and believe me, neither of those matches needed to be forty plus minutes. Neither of them. So, <laughs> so to to that jackass who got in my mentions who said that. You know, it, it means I wasn't paying attention to the story. Uh, Moxley and Nagata told a whole fucking story in yeah, in eight minutes, a, a, in eight minutes twenty nine seconds. Absolutely, so. and we we and we were able to to you know confidently uh, recap it and review it in a concise way on this podcast. And I think that's you know effective storytelling in that case. 
Yeah, so I, d I did appreciate some of uh, Excalibur's uh, knowledge, like the fact, like bringing up the fact that Nagata and Minoru Suzuki were were rivals in amateur wrestling. That yes. way back when I like. Yeah, the, that was a cool little fun fact. They were I, high school wrestling rivals. I, I like the fact that uh, he he brought up the fact that uh, Paradigm Shift is called Death Rider. Yes, <laughs> he, I I love that. It's like you know what? So now we have to realize that Death Rider is the superior name to Paradigm Shift. I mean, Shift. yeah, we all, we have, we've all known that, though. And if you listen to this podcast, you definitely know that. Yeah, we, we, we are full on with uh, with Death Riders. Anyway, yeah, this segment ruled, and we're going to say, it, show, it, it was almost like a different show entirely. From here kind on of. out. And from here on it out, of. it's a completely different show. It, it was a completely paced... Well, yeah, I mean, this match was meant to be presented differently you know, than the rest of the television product, so mission accomplished. So, and I hope we get more of it. Honestly, so I think we will forbidden doors and such. I think you know it seems to me that Moxley is the forbidden door. I think John Moxley is the gatekeeper. He is the he's the key holder. Yeah, he he is the forbidden door. It's like he, Idris he, Elba in those Thor movies. Yeah, he's got like the big sword, and if he if he like taps it into the thing, you can like cross the rainbow bridge to the forbidden door. So I, I have a story about Idris Elba. Playing, oh yeah, playing Heimdall. We love hearing about Idris Elba. I I, I think. Idris Elba indirectly led to my divorce. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're not the only man that has, that's had to say that. Well, no, no, no. I'll tell you why is because when he got cast as Heimdall, um, a, a lot of racists got very upset about this because, you know, Heimdall is, you know, in, in, you know, especially in, in those who, who, who like to, you know, uh, appropriate Norse mythology. Are you trying for to their... tell me this character from Norse mythology was white? No. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, here's the thing. So I, I, of course, back when I was on Facebook, I, I, I basically wrote on my blog, which I cross posted to my Facebook, you know, Nazi Thor fans fuck off. You know, and, uh, and, and, and my my brother-in-law, who is, you know, tattooed head to toe in swastikas from being in, in, in prison, um, got in all up, got all up in my mentions and started threatening friends of mine. And cool guy. Yeah, cool guy. He's lucky I never actually ratted him out uh, to get him, uh, you know, get his parole revoked for making threats online. We don't, but, we don't. We don't. need to snitch. People get what's coming to them. Yeah, they do. Well, he, he did, and I'm not gonna go any. <laughs> I'm not gonna go any further than that. But I am gonna say that you know, from then on, I, I, I straight up told my my wife at the time. I said, you know what? I am not gonna be in the same room with this guy anymore. Period. Sure. So I did not go. And within two months, we uh, divorce action was started. So. <laughs> and, and here we are. And Happy here we again. are. Here we are. Here we are. Folks, divorce your Nazi-adjacent uh, wives. Yeah, please. <laughs> do, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Take it from the experts. Divorce your <laughs> Nazi-adjacent wives. <laughs> we then get a, pr a backstage promo with Sammy Guevara, Ortiz, and Jake Hager. And uh, the promo was... Speaking uh, of snitching, speaking of snitching, we yeah. find out that uh, Santana is gone because MJF ratted him for stabbing him with a fork. Yeah, now... Where was that? Was that on one of the the, the YouTube shows or being the elite or some shit? No, it was a, that was a spot on Blood and Guts. <laughs> so no, no, the, the I know the, I know I know the fork stabbing was. When was this Santana getting ratted out thing? I think that they just they, they just put this in. They're like, yeah, Santana's not here because I had him arrested. Uh, uh, okay. For the so that's I, I think that's very funny. 
that, uh, and we you know we talk about shot callers and cop callers after so much Nick Gage discussion. MJF, <laughs> cop caller, cop caller, total cop, certified caller. cop caller. Oh, we knew that. Didn't know that. We've always known that. I mean, you could just look at him and tell he he's the kind of guy that calls the cops. Uh, so anyway, uh, we then get oh god, speaking of speaking of Nazis, um, we get one of the most right wing nationalist promos I've ever fucking seen okay. on so on wrestling to, programming. I, I think it's I, I'm glad you brought that up, mm-hmm. but I think it's time to throw some cold water on this. I ain't throwing um, cold water on shit. I will. Okay. It was one of the most harmless, toothless promos. There was really no politics in it that was really discernible. It wasn't nationalist, really, in any regard. It was just, like, what dumb guys think about patriotism. There's been a ton of overreaction on this promo, whether it's positive or negative. Like, a bunch of real, real stupid people were like, oh, my heart is warmed. It was the most inspiring thing I've ever heard. And the we believe in the, the, the soul and the pulse of this nation and the heart beating through the road. Shut the fuck up, okay? But then there's the other side of things where it's like, Cody's a Nazi now. With na- he's beating the drum of nationalists. Shut the fuck up as well. It wasn't that big a deal. All he said was like, I like being in America, and this guy's English. Oh, no. This is the most toothless shit. We've been doing these type of uh, wrestling, like, angles and storylines for decades and decades. It's one of the oldest, you know, babyface versus heel angles in wrestling history. And almost every single one before this has been more nationalistic or, or more vitriolic than this. This was a nothing to me. It was still it, pretty even, nationalistic. It was still I'm a particularly sorry. good promo. Now the subject matter you can talk we can talk all about. I think execution wise, like Cody was just being Cody. Like it was it was a very Cody promo. He was enthusiastic. He had high energy. And the thing about Cody is he believes what he says. He truly believes in his heart and his heart of hearts that he can come out and like be impassioned and like change the world with his like passion and love and heart and patriotism. And he just like he's like Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> That's what I think he's more, it's more, this is more like Sorkin, like West Wing, like kind of bullshit than it is anything else. It's not like right wing nationalism at all. Like, at all. Eh, I don't know, Nothing man. Right-wing about it that was discernible. This is like all, like, this is like what liberal patriotism looks like in almost every regard. Um, this is the kind of shit that like, you know, most like center leaning, like Warhawk type of libs believe as well. Well, but, you know, as we all know, Liberals hate socialists more than they hate fascists. So, yeah, as we know, they, of course they do. Um, but I, I'm not going to get upset because Cody doesn't talk about socialism. No shit. No fucking shit. No, I'm not expecting that. But I mean, you know I mean, I mean like, again, I, I already know where Cody leans. I mean, it's uh, we've already had this discussion a couple of times. I still think people want Cody to be right wing more than he is. I think it would it would make a lot of people happier about disliking him if he could like be this like Republican avatar that they want him to be because he's like blonde haired and blue eyed and like uh, uh, the kind of uh, avatar for a successful white guy, white legacy guy, you know, with the famous dad and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. Easier, it's a lot easier for Cody to be that guy and hate him. So I think there's a lot of projection that goes into this. And I think this promo really brought that type of projection out on both sides of the political spectrum. And I'm not a both sides guy, Jeff, you know, you know how I feel. I think my politics are very well documented. If you want to go look at my Twitter, you can find out exactly how I fucking feel about almost anything. Um, but I don't think this was anywhere yeah, near as big a deal. Yeah, as anyone thought. Yeah, 
you don't really shy away from shit. So yeah. no, no, and I'm not going to shy away from this one either. You know, because it's just what I believe. I, I just don't think like we can like pigeonhole this into like some big deal when it like own what he's mad at a british guy like what the fuck kind of nationalism is that it's just like them creating a storyline so that he can fight this fucking wrestler and this is again this is who cody thinks he is right so this is where he's gonna go he's like i can do this like classic angle of like american spirit and everyone's gonna buy into it but i also think he knows that a lot of people are gonna think it's cringe but that's important for the character too cody has talked about this at length that like he is self-aware right that he is one of the most self-aware wrestlers i agree with him i think he's incredibly self-aware i think he knows exactly what people are going to think about this promo and he doesn't want to be a traditional good guy or a bad guy he wants to be hated and loved and i think he's doing a i mean obviously by fan reaction i think he's doing a good job of that yeah you know what i still ain't buying it i mean i i, I respect it and i see where you're coming from i i ain't buying it the upshot of this is that we're going to get Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Ogogo at double or nothing. And Cody Rhodes is going to be the American dream daddy. Right. But I just want to, just because this is a podcast and we're, since we're talking about it and having a disagreement, I have not heard neither from you in this conversation or from anything, anybody else. What was so specifically right wing about it? Like he wasn't talking about like taking away like welfare from people, right? He wasn't talking about outlawing abortion. He wasn't talking about that. He just like said some bullshit about the American spirit or whatever. Well, yeah, but you see the, the He said, "Oh, well, you work in America and you collect your paychecks." That liberals do that same fucking shit. What do you mean? Well, okay, and that's true. And I agree, but you're not going to convince me that liberals aren't actually Republicans in, you know, <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, yeah, most, you, you most are... Democrats are just Republicans. But like to to like frame the subject matter as far right, I would just consider flat out incorrect. And that's not good to I do. Mean, it was definitely, but, it was definitely right? nationalist. It was definitely nationalist. Yeah. But na I mean, nationalism is literally the storyline of the of the thing here. So that's what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole point of this. Now, you can say I don't like nationalist wrestling storylines anymore. They're stupid and we shouldn't do them anymore. Totally valid argument. I, I don't I, think they're I, that. I don't think they're that exciting. I think it's the biggest thing is like from an entertainment. Well, it's cheap. Heat. It, I mean, it's cheap. heat is what it is. And it's not even that much heat because nobody really gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> like, who cares? Oh, we're going to do America versus Britain. Nobody gives a shit. What is it? 1778. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, Britain's okay, done. Now, if Anthony Agogo comes in in like the full red coat gear, now we're talking. Okay, uh, talk uh, to me. Then. Get this man, like, dress this man up like Benedict Arnold, and now we're in. Well, no, what Agogo should do if he's, you know, tr you know, if he really wants to get the heat, just come out, you know, you know, with, uh, you know, a cardboard cutout Boris Johnson or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be really good. That would okay. be good. All I'm right. Really, I'm really, you know, that's the thing is Cody's automatically heel. It would be too funny. I'd have to root for a go-go. <laughs> Fuck, that's a really good idea. Oh, my God. I'm just thinking of a go-go with, like, one of those really bad, like, paper Boris Johnson masks. Oh, God. The eyeballs cut out. They're just really, like, kind of uncanny. Oh Jesus God! Yeah, with fuck the bad haircut. And stuff. Yeah, by, by the way, fuck <laughs> Boris Johnson too. Yeah, He's, fuck uh, Boris Johnson, of course. Yeah. He looks like the stickiest man alive. He looks like his hands are like you know how like you touch a child's <laughs> hands and they're always like they got something on them, like the kid's hands. Like uh, he looks like a sticky man. Oh God, we are going way off the rails here, and <laughs> and we, we, we haven't even gotten to the second match yet. I know you got to uh, stick you, to you, the you gotta uh, go somewhere. Guess, huh? All right. <laughs> We uh, then get a backstage promo with uh, with uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, a.k.a. The Addiction, a.k.a. SCU, as we lead into 
our second match of the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Your champions, Executive Vice Presidents, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks versus SCU. If SCU lose, they need to split up. They they are forced to split up. Um, Chekhov's stipulation. Oh my God! Did Christopher Daniels get bust the fuck open in this match? So we come to find out, and what the 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 popular expectation was, this might be uh, SCU's last go round for a while, at the very least. Um, And you know, if that's the case, this was a hell of a send off, Jeff. Uh, since you've already claimed, you know, planted your flag for your favorite match of the night, I will do the same. This was my favorite match of, of the evening. I thought this was fantastic. This was like a, 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 you couldn't really ask for much of a better tag title match. It was great. Yeah. Um, now there were a few things I, that shocked me that when, um, when they, when, uh, SCU did celebrity rehab and, and, uh, Excalibur claimed that this is the first time they ever, that move had been seen on on Dynamite. I was like, there is no way that they have not done celebrity rehab before this. Good I mean, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I don't remember individual spots like that ever, so I'm the wrong guy to ask. Right. Uh, but I mean, I guess they may they may have done it on Dark or Elevation. They were wrestling on Dark a lot for a while, so that's true. That could be the case. I'm not 100 percent sure. They haven't really had a proper tag match on on Dynamite. Like they haven't had a ton of matches on Wednesday nights. Oh, that's true. So, that's true. This could be the case. Excalibur usually doesn't get this kind of shit wrong. So I guess, but that it is an, it is an interesting fact. And like Excalibur was bringing out the interesting factoids all night. Yeah. Um, of course, reaching you know, back and grab them. Matt, Matt Jackson, of course, did the, the parody of the Shawn Michaels to the Ric Flair spot, which I thought was funny. I did get a little laugh out of that. I think it's funny to do this kind of goofy shit. Like they're supposed to be like, you know, uh, uh insufferable shitheads. That's the characters and they're doing a great job. Yeah. And they, 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 they want to be insufferable shitheads. And that's what you want. And, and, and they never should have been anything, but I don't know. Yeah. Again, I, this, I, this I whole, this whole baby, yeah, this whole baby face turn of the young bucks was just like completely against the whole idea of the young bucks. You know? Right. But it also gave them the opportunity to, execute this heel turn which you know part of the whole thing so i do get it and you know they started the company so starting out with getting and you know going with the organic nature of the crowd when aew first started everyone's cheering cody and the bucks both because hey they started this company that we're all into now so like they they were taking their bow and doing their thing but yeah they've naturally progressed to where they should be which is everyone hates them and they're so good at making everyone hate them they really are. I mean, they, so, they, I mean, they already had the crowd booing him at Revolution 2020, which I thought was absolutely amazing because I mean, Chicago. Yeah, it was Chicago. Well, and plus it was, you know, the 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 whole Adam Page thing. Because remember, Omega was getting booed too anytime he tried to stop Adam Page from doing anything. Uh, quick breaking news that has, I mean, it sort of has something to do with AEW, but Ryback did his uh, his poll bit again, and oh, I think no. it's one of the best bits on Twitter. It's so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> Please, whatever you do, do not vote for retirement. <laughs> uh, it literally says, I can't stress this enough. Please don't vote retire. This can cost me my future because I care what you think. This poll is the one and you have the power to make a difference. Well, then maybe don't put it as an option, you shithead. <laughs> Jeff, <Jesus>. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, listen to me. What? It's a work, brother. Of course it's on <laughs> It's And it's so fucking funny. Like, this is actually very good. I respect it. Um, Ryback is cool again. Uh, also breaking news, uh, Leicester City just went up 1-0 in the FA Cup oh. final. So. Oh, the footy. Against, uh, against this Chelsea. podcast is about everything. Let's talk about Dynamite. Okay. Uh, so, the Young Bucks win. Daniels gets pinned. You know, he's a bloody mess. 
Um, and then they cut backstage to John Moxley and Eddie Kingston trashing the Elite's locker room. Now, I think this was not a good move. I think they should have perseverated on the fact that this, you know, this is now the breakup of SCU. They just lost right. their, their their unit must disband match. So the uh, the reason I think that didn't happen is goes back to a point that I previously made on this podcast that I do not think that we've seen SCU's end. I think that we're going to see them rejoin in a different form. My prediction is still joining with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in some capacity. Okay. I think that's where we end up going with this, and I think that's why they didn't like linger on the breakup thing because I don't think they're going to be as broken up as as you expect. Well, but I could you know talk what, about that. I kind of think that's where it's going. But you know what? They should still present the illusion of it. Is the thing. I think, think it would be more effective to do it that way. But they wanted to, you know, start moving this thing forward to double or nothing. We only got a few weeks left, so that, that's what we get. I, I think we're going to find that there was a lot jam packed into this, and something a lot of needed. stuff happened on this episode of Dynamite. And, they, I mean, regardless of your opinion of the show, you have to just agree. That things happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot happened, and I think maybe they could have like maybe not packed it quite so full. But anyway, moving on, uh, we then get a backstage promo with Christian Cage talking about Taz, but then also talking about the Casino Battle Royale, and uh, that's for some reason brings in uh, Matt Seidel, where he says he's going to, uh, you know, he he wants to challenge uh, Christian Cage for next week on Dynamite in the prelude to the Casino Battle Royale. I'm just hoping they get, we can add a stipulation that if Matt Seidel loses, then creepy Mike Seidel has to leave the company. Because... What do you have against Mike Seidel? We're going to call up Triller and have you do a celebrity <laughs> boxing match with Mike Seidel. We have to settle this. we got to settle this in the ring, brother. There's no other way. I'm pretty sure Mike Seidel doesn't even know I, I, I think he's creepy. But <laughs> Well, you know, when he finds out, he's going to want to strap those gloves on, brother. You better start training. Well, that's not very yoga master-like. I mean, he just... <laughs> He should be uh, meditating on this. Well, you're the one violating the non-aggression principle. <laughs> you're a bad libertarian, <laughs> Jeff. You violated the NAP on Mike Seidel. <laughs> well, you know, eh, heavy is the head that wears a crown. <laughs> <laughs> you treaded on Mike Seidel. <laughs> uh, we then go to our third match of the evening, the world title eliminator match. Uh, Pac, Billy Big Fish Bollocks versus... Orange Cassidy, we, so we got our second, you know, licensed song of the night. Yay. And, uh, yeah, there's some, uh, I got some uh, thoughts about this because, I mean, first of all, this went for two segments. Yeah. They did two sure commercial did. breaks during and this. And was probably supposed to have another one. I don't know, man. Um, I, I remember I wrote a note during the match saying that this was Good, but there was no wow factor of the match at Revolution 2020, which, right, which was way, the point. That, that was that was intentionally done, given you know what we were going to end up getting to. Uh, so I get that. I mean, these guys have really great ring chemistry. They so do. that's the thing is like they can kind of like, they can kind of like turn it to like whatever level that they please and still give you a really good match. And I think that's uh, uh, really indicative of just how good both of them are. Um, now. We already know that there was a fuck finish here between with Don Callis and Kenny Omega. With, but according to, I mean, from what it, what it appears, and I did watch it back well, again. Well, well, time, time out, time out. Hold on. Let, let's get to what the end result was. The end result was a double count out between Pac and Orange Cassidy. So now 
Which was done after, we should say, which was done after Orange Cassidy received a absolutely insane Liger bomb. Just got his head driven right into the fucking mat. Um, And then uh, Callis distracts Aubrey Edwards long enough for Kenny to hit Pac with the belt, resulting in both of them being down for the 10 count. Right. Now, from what we have since learned, the idea was that the match was supposed to be a time limit draw. But Orange Cassidy fucked himself up on a sunset flip. And so he was he, he was already wobbly. So I guess it, they kind of called an audible. Which, you know, that happens. It just recently happened in Dragon Gate when in the Open the Dream Gate title match uh, at Dead or Alive on the, on the 5th of, of May. And um, Shun Skywalker gave a uh, drop toehold to Hip Hop Kakuda very early in the match. Apparently Those are such cool names. Those are both very cool names. Apparently separating Kakuda's shoulder. Oof. So they had a call an audible with uh with his unit leader eight with uh hip hop Kakuda's uh unit leader Ata throwing in a towel on a submission spot. Uh, right. Uh, in, and, and, in less than five minutes because, you know, shit was fucked. Yeah, and big kudos to Don Callis and Kenny Omega for operating on the fly and getting to the finish. This is not an easy thing to do. It's it's television, you know, it's live. It's we gotta go now and uh, we're not where we need to be. So we need to get a finish. Callis grabs a mic and makes it happen. Um obviously not the result that the fans wanted, but it wasn't the one we were supposed to get. And I don't think a double countout would have made people super happy either. But I will say this. It's going to be a really good triple threat match. And there's no way around that. It's going to be a super good wrestling yeah, match. Yeah, so so the upshot of this is that now we get at double or nothing a triple threat match between Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I do not like triple threat matches. Uh, okay, I, and that's I, I am, for I am, everybody. I'm done with them. There, there is nothing new you can do with them. Period. I'm so, sorry. What, oh, here we go. I got. I have. I have perfect for you, Jeff. How about a a, a triple threat in a steel cage? Dragon Gate does it. <laughs> a, a triple threat in a steel cage, or um, what other match types don't you like? How about a triple threat battle oh, I like, royal? I, I, I like steel cage matches. It's just nobody does them well anymore. So, <laughs> how about a uh, how about a battle royal, but it's all teams of three? <laughs> I don't like ladder matches. There we go. A triple threat. Oh, ladder a triple match. threat ladder match. There, there we a go. A triple threat ladder match in a steel cage. <laughs> no, see the cage. I like. <laughs> I, I like the cage. A triple threat ladder match in the Punjabi prison. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, so again, my live reaction was, that finish really fucking sucked. (laughs) They they did what they could, man, knowing what we know. Knowing what we know now, in retrospect, like, okay, well, they had to do something. But yeah, overall, yeah, it, it is tough. Tough to get to. I think a time limit draw obviously would have made more, I mean, been better for everybody. Uh, showing that, you know, Pack and Cassidy really have that just can't get over each other. So what's it going to do with Kenny Omega in the mix? Uh, yeah, I don't think this is the result that anybody really wanted. I think both these guys deserve their big singles matches for the AEW title. And I think they'll get them. Um, I think Orange Cassidy and Kenny would have been big money on this. But again, I'm just trying to be a wrestling fan that enjoys wrestling. This will be a really good wrestling match. These three guys will give you a good show. I guarantee it. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a fun match. So I'm just going to enjoy it, see what happens, and we'll move forward from there. After that, we get uh, the Super Elite, which basically comes down to the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. Um, Mad about their locker room being trashed. Um, The Bucks uh, challenged the Varsity Blondes for next week. And, And then challenge... 
John Moxley and Eddie Kingston at double or nothing. They want to. They they think that the Varsity Blondes are a tune-up match, Jeff. I can't wait for the Varsity Blondes against Moxley and Kingston for the AEW Tag Team Titles at Double or Nothing. Yeah, they they, they really are. Uh, they really are leaning into the whole Brian Pillman thing, which means they're completely ignoring Griff Garrison. Which means that's you why shut Griff... your mouth. How dare you? No, I'm saying you they... cannot. You no, cannot ignore Griff Garrison. No, I'm talking about the Young Bucks ignoring Griff Garrison. Cannot bag. and will not be ignored by you, by Matthew or Nicholas Jackson, by the Massey family, by anybody. I say. <laughs> No, I think, I mean, obviously the dark side of the ring bump, uh, uh, big exposure for, for Pillman, um, which again, you know, goes back to our Nick Gage point. But yeah, this is cool. I'm, I'm glad to see the boys getting a title shot. I, obviously Pillman, you know, is getting the kind of mainstream exposure for this match, but Griff is going to show out. Griff will get his shit in. Griff will uh, gain some fans next Wednesday. I'm excited for that. We didn't get a promo with uh, Adam Page and the Dark Order where the Dark Order, or Adam Page, excuse me, is just um, being kind of laconic about, you know, not being the number one contender anymore. But also, but, ca- but also calling bullshit. Yeah, but also calling bullshit on Brian Cage. And uh, so we've set up uh, Adam Page and Brian Cage for double or nothing. But goddamn, is the Dark Order become just so wholesome. John Silver is so funny. He is great, and, I mean, he, and he, even so Evil cool. Uno is like trying to be a you know a mentor and you know a hype man for for Adam Page. It's all great. It's it's all going really well. I love this story. I love to see them together. Yeah, love it, to it, have each other's backs. Uh, more Dark Order on TV, please. Yeah, please, please. We then get uh, maybe one of the lower points of the, of the evening, the Pinnacle Coronation segment. In which, uh, in which MJF comes out wearing a uh, a pink suit, the kind of which that my son actually wants to get, and in fact, I'm going to be going to go get him fitted for after we're done recording this. So good, hell yeah, kids I mean, get good taste. Yeah, he I mean, now mind you, he has nothing to do with MJF. He already wanted one, but I just had to show it to him. And I said, "Do you want this shade of pink? Because he doesn't want like a hot pink or anything." He wants like a pastel pink, which I get great for this great season for it too. So. It's White Boy Summer, man. Perfect time for a pastel pink suit. MJF is definitely leaning into White Boy Summer. Um, now, they did also point out, which is I think the first time they've actually done this, where they pointed out uh, the ratings and the fact that, you know, the Blood and Guts episode of, of Dynamite was... Oh, you think this was the first time, Jeff? They've been... No, 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 no. They well, have I mean, been... I, the first time Talking about Dynamite, rate. they... No, no, I mean... I, but we're like they actually show the ratings and all that. Yes, they they, they had visual aids, they had charts and graphs and the whole shebang. Yeah, so, very proud of them. Yeah, but they which, should be. Yeah, they One. should be. I I don't disagree. They One, should. They be. put on a good show and they got really good ratings. Cool. Um, yeah. So you know, MJF does his whole "I'm the Demo God" thing now. I mean, look, the kid has great instincts. What stood out to me in this promo was he was really uh, uh, apt at knowing when to let the crowd interject. And like when to slow down and like when, I mean, for a guy at 25, these are the nuanced, like tougher things that like veterans learn to do after being in front of big crowds for a long time. And JF hasn't even spent that much time in front of large crowds because of the pandemic. Um, and, and, you know, he was great on the indie scene and always, you know, had crowds eating out of the palm of his hands. But it's different from a few hundred to a few thousand. And it's different when you have a million people watching you on television. Uh, and he gets it. Yep. No, no, I, I don't disagree. Now, where it all fell down was... The inner circle showing up with literally a, and figuratively. Yeah, um, with with the 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 
with a, a truck with a champagne hose. A Polaris full of bubbly. Um. So Chris Jericho takes this heinous bump that that legit injures his arm and neck, and he's on TV the next week. He's Chris Jericho. We can't keep him off screen, man. He's Chris Jericho. He, I mean. They kept the inner they kept the inner circle off screen more after the initial beatdown than after this. The, I mean, but the, what it comes down to is you don't have enough time right now to keep him off screen. You got to build up this next match, so well, I, well, there, there isn't really enough. There's not enough dynamite left to keep him off the screen, especially but, if you're going to have uh, uh, Santana out. But that's the thing. Should the should this even be a should there even be a next match? Because a war games match or a blood and guts match by its nature should be a feud ender. Ah, that's actually not true, Jeff. If you go back, historically, most War Games matches were not the end of their respective feuds. Are you sure about that? I am I am absolutely sure. This was researched, and uh, uh, funny enough, Bix was the first person to bring that up, I think. But um, yeah, no. most War Games okay, matches but, are not feud enders. Okay, Bix does usually bring the bring the uh, the knowledge, but... Yeah, no, Bix was a shit, so that's why I looked into but that. Bix but Bix can yeah, be wrong, too. Those, but Bix can be wrong, feuds, too. So. But no, I, I looked into that a little bit. Yeah, no, these feuds, a lot of these feuds did continue. And Chris Jericho, so another uh, point of research, I did do a little research on this, Jeff. I listened to Chris Jericho's uh, Blood and Guts recap podcast. It was just Jericho solo for about 50 some odd minutes, just uh, talking about the lead up, the build up, the original cancellation of the first match, the inspirations, all that stuff. And then the match itself, uh, some of the stuff behind the scenes. It was it was pretty interesting. But the you know right off the rip, the first thing that stood out was Jericho explicitly said on his podcast this match was never meant to be a feud ender, more of a kickoff, and that's what they envisioned it as. So Inner Circle versus Pinnacle is not going anywhere. Well, indeed, because they just so now we have a challenge for a stadium stampede match at Double or Nothing. What the one year anniversary of? Of that, which means also, unfortunately, there's another anniversary coming up along with that, unfortunately. Yeah, Matt Seidel's uh, slip up on the uh, the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, I, well, I, I meant a, more, a little bit more serious than that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I um, more meant the death of Hanakamura. But... Yes, yes, but that's uh, that's sad. And we've uh, there's enough sad shit on this one. Yeah. Um, I will say to, uh, a little respect to the Pinnacle for really selling the bubbly spot. Like, they were slipping around like cartoon characters. Uh, great, especially Sean Spears and MJF. They did a great job. Now, there is a, th- there is a stipulation to the Stadium Stampede, though, which is if the Inner Circle lose, they must be disband. Uh, we just had that 20 minutes ago on this show. Yeah, but this is in a few weeks. It's later. And also, the results are going to be different. So, yeah. Well, we we we've... like I, the inner circle is one hundred percent winning this match. Let's all just stop right there. The <laughs> inner circle will win this match. It shouldn't even be like on your mind. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the shenanigans and watch inner circle win. This feud is not going anywhere. Uh, we then get a uh, backstage interview between uh, Jim Ross and Britt Baker, and you know Britt Baker is you know hyping herself up as she should. Star. Uh I. I I am getting a little tired of there being no Hikaru Shida on this program. In, yeah, in, in I build up I to a title I, match. And I don't know what's what, what's going on with her. I don't know if she's in Japan right now or if she is in the States. Uh, I haven't I follow her Twitter, but I haven't really seen. She's been posting a lot of her YouTube channel stuff. Um, so, hey, she could she could just be in Japan hanging out. That's always a possibility. This leads into our fourth match of the year. Uh, Thunder Rosa. Oh, no, no, no. I take that back because I saw her take a picture with Nagata backstage. So she was at that show. Yeah. Oh, did you see who else was at this show? (laughs) Yes. Sonny fucking Ono. Sonny Ono. (laughs) 
Also, allegedly, Shinsuke Nakamura. No, he was confirmed. I saw pictures. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, yes. great. I, I did not. Nakamura was also at that show to see Nagata. Oh, no, well, yeah. I mean, well, that, and that's nice. That, that, Very cool, yeah. That, uh, so we get uh, Thunder Rosa just squashing the fuck out of Jasmine Allure. There's not much to talk about this match, so I'm going to divert this into. Did you see from NWA Power where Thunder Allure. Rosa is in a match where the stipulation is that if Thunder Rosa loses – she is stuck working in the NWA. Yeah, it's that loser stays in town match. This is the, I, I've never heard of a loser cannot leave town match. Loser has to keep working for Billy Corgan match. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What the what has become of the NWA? Uh, I, it's, I don't get it. I don't get any of it. I, you know, and, and I was really hopeful when they first started power because I like the aesthetic. I like the rebuild of the old set. And I love like the interview, like segments, and the way they portrayed them. There was a lot of potential there, but man, it just doesn't seem to be executing. Me, I didn't, know? I didn't think that they were still doing it after the whole corny thing. And then, you know, the, the whole corny debacle and then the pandemic hit, I thought that was done. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they had a close they had a close set to record on, so I guess you know, uh, kind of owes it like lends itself to the pandemic era. I guess, but Jesus, <laughs> that stipulation blows my fucking mind. It, uh, yeah, your guess is as good as mine, dude. So basically, I hope she loses and gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, no, 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 she wins. She wins. And gets, and gets she can win. Okay, see, <laughs> see, I can't even keep it straight. See, that's right. Yeah, they, they, they've oh. made it. They, they, they have confused the matter. Loser stays in town match. My God. Yeah, lo- loser. Loser is locked in on a on a 10 year lease <laughs> <laughs> match. Uh, they just, they, you lose. They just give you the belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, then, we then get uh, Jade Cargill with Tony Schiavone and uh, Jade Cargill talking some shit about Mark Sterling. Uh, hey, look, Mark Sterling came to her with, you know, what he had considered a fair offer. Uh, she just, you know, wasn't really feeling it. So, star, sorry, Mark. Yeah. Go back to those MJF checks next. Sorry about you. Uh, Jay's a star, man. She gets better at this every week. Uh, she, she was, oh like, my God. full on, like, cringe and had no idea what she was doing, like, two months ago. And no, all, I, don't like, she, was, I don't even think she was that. I mean, okay, promo-wise, she was cringe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, promo-wise, she, she was fine. literally had no, but, in, like, in, to come that far just on the promo stuff in a couple of months, oh, man, ceiling is incredible high, incredibly high for this Oh, moment. my goodness. And then we get a segment of Darby Allen just kind of driving in Seattle and going to his old skate ramp. This was cool. Uh, you know, he produces and directs these things himself, and he's got a really good eye for it. So, uh, yeah, well, this is leads into our main event of the evening. Uh, Darby Allen defending the TNT Championship against uh, the best man, Miro. Best man, Miro. Best oh. Bulgarian. Now, did you notice that Darby Allen has had now had a similar makeup change to uh, to Dustin Rhodes? Yeah, he did the uh, the bottom half instead of the uh, he went he went horizontal instead of vertical. Yeah, on the face paint there so yeah he with it was interesting that one uh, it looked better than dustin's it did uh i thought that this was a really good match uh there was i mean a lot of it was miro you know ragdolling darby but darby got some really good spots into also keep in mind that the length of this match and the stuff happening before the belt is very possibly a product of uh pack and orange cassidy being shortened uh, this could yes. have been scheduled to be a shorter match. A lot of extracurriculars before the belt, but I really like how it was booked. Um, I think a lot of people expected it to be kind of a squash 
or like a glorified squash. And it was not that. Darby really got a lot in. Darby put up a great fight. Um, you know, we talk about WWE brain kind of warping people, and I think that this was a case of that. I think we all expected, you know, them to do what WWE would have done and had Miro squash him. Well, but no, or, this or, or, or what AEW had already done with uh, Brody Lee. With Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes, yeah. Yeah. So, but even that match, like it was a beatdown, but like Cody, like put down, like they had the show that Cody really did put up a fight. Yeah. Like he really did try, but he just got wiped. And then this one, you know, Darby really, really tried. Darby even got close, but he just couldn't get like stopped from being overpowered by this incredibly powerful guy. Yeah. So in the end, of course, Miro does get the win on Darby. And that catching the coffin drop spot. Very, very good. That was good. Um, and it led to that great – they, they another uh, couple of guys who have some really good ring chemistry, and I'm hoping to see wrestle again because they put on a really good show here. Having you know, two different sizes and styles, and they made them blend and mesh really well and told a good story here. Uh, with this, Miro is the fifth-generation uh, TNT champion. Uh, the TNT Drama Twitter account even now says Miro is our champion. Wait, wait who's the – wait. Cody, Brody, Darby, Miro, who did I miss? Cody had two. Oh, Cody, okay. Brody, Cody, Darby. Oh, Miro. okay. So, but he's he's the fourth champion, but the fifth title champion. Fifth, okay. fifth generation champion. Yes. Right, 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 right. Forgot oh, Cody's yeah. two. Right. Yeah. But I mean, this is a this is a guy who deserves to have a big belt. Like people, this is what people wanted since he he showed up. Right. This is what the fans were calling crawling and clamoring for. Uh, you know, make this guy a big main event brute. Here he is. There you go. Miro era has begun. Uh, afterwards, we get some uh, extracurriculars with uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attacking Sting. Uh, the Dark Order comes. The Dark Order comes out to rescue Sting, but then Lance Archer shows up to challenge Miro. And this is what we mean by they packed way like they, yeah, they compress like a lot of no shit in show this. levels of like uh, of, of of fuckery for lack of a better term. And we still got three weeks. So yeah, I mean, we talked about like yeah, we have to get to the show, but yeah, they really. They really packed it at the end there. Yeah, they, they really did. And in fact, this is what you know a lot of people were saying. They thought that too much happened on this show, and I can kind of see it. It's hard to disagree with. A lot happened, man. A lot went down. <laughs> oh, I think Chelsea just equalized. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, God. And we're getting... Oh, this is going to go to extra time, then. Extra oh, wait, time? Oh, wait a minute. We have the VAR coming out. <laughs> What if they did that in a wrestling match? They just like did soccer style extra time, but they didn't know it was coming, and you just had to like try to pin your opponent as fast as you can before the referee just like blew the whistle. Right. Yeah. It'd be a fun stipulation, actually. Well, they do that. I mean, that's what that time limit draw. Like you don't know how much more time is left. Like you don't have the clock in front of you. Like it's kind of like they say they're gonna add time or whatever, but you don't like really know. Oh, it's on. always give or take a few seconds. Hang on, hang on. Did they just take the goal away? I think they did. Damn, that, oh, that, yeah, they no. did, because... Oh, no, 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 they kept it. It's 1-1. One, one. Okay. What if there was a virtual oh, no, assistant? No, no, Decision, offside, no goal. Wow. Yeah, I got my, uh, my, 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 my honey and my son are upstairs. That would be really great if they had, like, a, like, a, like, a VAR wrestling ref, where, like, they kick out, and, like, they show, like, the like a slow motion. There's, like, a little laser underneath the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really into that. That, you know what? That would drive people mental, but I, yeah, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> that, that would be perfect funny. time to do it with guys. Like they should do it in the Agogo Cody match. And just, just have VAR like, like, for the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and the little laser he kicks out. Oh God! Oh my God! That would be awesome. Really oh my God! We, oh boy, we have gone way off the rails on this show. But you know what? I mean, it, it's been fun. 
it's been fun. That's about the best way we can we can kind of call it right there, huh? That's the show. I mean, we got a. Uh, we, we got some some stuff happening in the next couple of weeks. Dynamite's got an interesting schedule. We have an interesting schedule. Oh, Jeff, yeah. So let, let's get into our, our big announcement, uh, which is uh, starting next week, that is uh, as of the, the, the May 19th edition of AEW Dynamite, we are back on Wednesdays. That's right, folks. We're coming back to our normal time slot. We are once again... What we have in the title, we are an AEW Dynamite instant recap podcast. We're going back to Wednesday nights. We're going to get our instant analysis. We're going to have the podcast out for you by late Wednesday night so you can listen to it late Wednesday, Thursday morning, or whenever is best for you before the next week's Dynamite. Jeff, yeah, it's been great talking to you on the weekends. It's been yeah, different. I mean, it's been fun. I mean, it's been fun. We've been able, we, we've been able to breathe a little bit. You know, yeah. we're not we're not trying to keep it. We don't have have to keep it to under an hour like uh, we do not. You know, we're yeah, have like, to when we go back to Wednesdays. Some, really cool, some good stuff. But I think, you know, I think one of the value props and one of the fun things about doing this podcast with you is getting our thoughts out right after and being out right away. And I think that's fun for our listeners, too. So I'm really excited to uh, to go back to Wednesday nights. So, yeah, we will be back on Wednesday starting uh, this coming week on uh same podcast the... time same podcast place just keep those feeds updated make sure you're following you're subscribing on your favorite podcast platform whether that's apple Podcasts, we're on spotify we're on podbean if you still uh subscribe and you listen to us through the pwom feed on soundcloud of course we're going to be there just right back to wednesday nights in the same feed uh so stay tuned don't touch that dial so uh paul go ahead and plug yourself you can find me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare, all C's, no K's. This podcast, of course, uh, BGTD Podcast on Twitter. That's BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Um, and also check out uh, – Oh yeah, if you're if you're listening to this today on Saturday, if you're a UFC fan, check out our good friend Harry Mack in the Bookies Basement tonight. Twitch.tv/slash/bookies-basement for all of your mixed martial arts and gambling needs. Uh, uh, and that's what I got. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, the uh, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel two S is one L. Um, we're kind of a little bit behind on busting balls, so we there may be one this weekend. There may be one next weekend because I just realized that we haven't done a show in a while. And I don't Why don't know you if- have me on to talk about my uh, my amazing Atlanta United analysis? <laughs> I'm to be an expert after this. <laughs> Just a so, random episode about Atlanta United. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, I, I've also still been writing nearly every day on strongstylestory.tumblr.com about uh, about things going on in Japan during the state of emergency because, yeah, a lot of promotions seem to be ignoring it now, and I'm not uh, not really thrilled about that. But, you know, unfortunately, it's out of my hands at this point. Not much to say, but, you know, sorry to end this on a downer. But no. uh, although on a good note, on a good note, Leicester City is about to win the FA Cup here. There's only like a minute of added time left. So would you take a look at that? How, how do you like that? So anyway, uh, Paul, any last words? Absolutely. Free Palestine. We'll see you next week. <laughs>